everyone. Welcome to this week's room. <laughs> yeah, it's something different every week, isn't it? Something different every week. We're working on it, though. We're working on our studio. Welcome to the show, Tennessee Wildcast, TWA's weekly podcast show. Jason Harmon, Todd's right over here helping us out. And this is Matt Majors, writer, voting investigator, active investigator for TWRA. We'll get with Matt in just a minute. Going to tell you a lot about voting, a lot of safety stuff, a lot of things to do when you're not safe, what we have to do to find you, what we never want to have to do. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get all that. And one of the reasons for that is because... July 4th is right July around 4th. the corner. Yeah, we're fixing to hit that peak time in Tennessee. There's going to be a lot of voting going on for for weeks and weeks to come mm-hmm. until schools get back in session. And, and then we never quit boating in Tennessee. It's a year-round thing in this state. We got Our temperatures are warm enough that people stay out and keep fishing, and they go duck hunting. And, and uh, even the duck hunters sometimes have issues because they don't exactly do what they're supposed to exactly. do. So we're going to talk yep. about what you need to do, should do. If you're a paddle, uh, if you like the paddle sports, whether it be a canoe, a kayak, the paddle boards are so popular. We're going to talk about those and rules and regulations mm-hmm. and uh, also the big motor boats. What you got going on? Uh, not a whole lot. We're trying to get in our new office, and we are trying to. You that. know, it's that time of year to be out on the water and trying to do a little fishing too. A little fishing. We're going to try to do fishing. It's been so hot. We haven't done a whole lot. I know some of you are, and the fish are biting. They don't care about the heat. They're down there where it's. They get down there in the cool water. We just got to be a little tougher when we go out. So yeah. I'm gonna throw up the bimini top. And you can go if you want to. Yeah, we're gonna start trolling here maybe soon. I hope so. Anyway, all right, let's talk about boating, Matt. Thank you for coming in here today. Thank you, Doug. And I always hope that you're not very busy, but you're always busy. Unfortunately, this time of year, we there's always a call for our services. You know, I want to talk about the happy stuff that relates to boating, and we're we're going to because boating is wonderful. Whether you're a fisherman or, or a skier or just a swimmer, whatever, we have a state that's just we're lucky. We're blessed with water in Tennessee. Uh, tens of thousands of acres of lakes and pounded lakes and tens of thousands of miles of of uh, streams Mm -hmm. so we're lucky here and we do pretty good with our accidents i think overall matt but we always do seem to have some every year seems like it for some reason stays in that 18 to 22 to 23 accidents every year is that about right yeah that is you know that's where we average but uh you know we want to always try to bring that down if we can and our officers are working awfully hard to do that every year as well as our educators it just doesn't always happen sometimes we still seem to creep back up to that magic number whatever it is but generally around 20 fatalities a year is what we have well right off the bat how many how many of those folks that that end up we you guys have to go find in the water or one of the rescue squads or teams around the state how many of them that they've been wearing a life jacket would survive year to year do you think the greatest percentage of them very few of our people who die in boating accidents die because of trauma they die because of the drowning part and so it's an inherently dangerous environment if you let it be Um, we always encourage people it doesn't matter how old you are wear your life jackets Um, it's it's not always required by law but it's a great idea because just like you mentioned most of those people they'd still be here they may even want to participate in this wildcast to help us spread the word you know it's one thing if an officer says it but it's even more important when somebody has survived a boating accident and they say i need to wear a life jacket you did a video recently i really liked it one of the things you said in the video is one that barry cross put together that you can find out on this site if you look for it Mm -hmm. where we had an accident over on priest and we're talking about if you don't wear the jacket for yourself i might be putting a little bit of word in your mouth wear it for your family go home for your family because they're the ones that stand up on the bank waiting on you i hate that part 
of all the recovery efforts. It's painful to watch. It is. That's the hardest part on our officers because oftentimes we, uh, along with our officers, the rescue squads, we can't do anything but wait sometimes. We have some technology that helps us, but we have to stand there with those families and try to console them, and we want to prevent that if we can. It's just as hard on us dealing with them, but it's tremendously hard on them to have to wonder where their loved ones are. It is. Let's let's talk happy stuff before we get out. We're going to show you some of the equipment that Matt uses when there are accidents and and you have to go out and, and find a body, recover a body. But what the happy part, the other 99% plus people that survive boating every year, 99.9, whatever it is, what are they doing these days, Matt? When you're out there the most, are you seeing more fishermen, more canoers, kayakers? What are most people doing on the water? Well, you've already alluded to it. You know, to say that Tennessee is a boating destination would be an understatement. People come from all over because of the the numerous opportunities we have. Uh, they're boating year-round in Tennessee. It doesn't matter. They're fishing in the in the winter. They're hunting from boats. They're deer hunting from, from boats to get to remote locations. But they're also in, in using these new recreational watercraft that we see out there, a lot of new kayaks on the market, paddle boards and things like that. So anyway people can fend off the hot summer they're going to be out on our lakes and waterways okay and now another popular with a lot of really youngsters is it the wave what do you call it? the boats that have the the almost wave boards behind them i guess yeah you know there's there's a trend called hoverboards and hoverboards, they're actually yeah. attached to the pwcs and people will ride those they raise up out of the water um, we're not seeing too many of those yet uh, but they're because they're a little more expensive but we are seeing more and more new technologies and things like that that we have to be reactive to from a safety standard on our part you know we we want our people to have fun but we've got to make sure they're safe yeah we get pulled into a lot of projects that aren't necessarily the agencies of course we're the agency is charged with the boating in tennessee they we get help from other police departments sometimes or sheriff's departments or various and the auxiliaries and all that but but twra is responsible for boating in tennessee but we get pulled into a lot of stuff. I know here in Nashville a week or so ago on the Cumberland River, there was a big race, big, I mean, fast boats, 100-mile-an-hour boats. Is that the kind of stuff? Do we have to go out and, and take care of that when that's happening? We do. You know, some of these larger organizations that put these together, they will apply for marine event permits through mm-hmm. us. And what that does is it lets us know that there is going to be an impact to recreation or navigational traffic. Our officers will actually have to go out and work those events to keep the recreational public safe during those events, keep them back and keep them away. Okay, so keeps you occupied all during that time. But the remainder of the time, what we have out there is watching the rest of the public, right? We are out there to watch all through the week, but especially on the weekends, everything going out on the water. And what's the job? What is our job specifically? Our officers are out there 24 hours a day. Sometimes you may not always see them, um, but they are working around the clock to make sure that people are safe in boats. And what they're doing is just routine patrol. They're looking for things that are unsafe. We're looking for people who are operating under the influence of alcohol and drugs, operating recklessly, people who are required to, such as people on jet skis or children 12 and under not wearing their life jackets, ensuring that all of those things are met because we know when there's a safe boating environment, there's less of an opportunity for boating accidents. For sure. And, and I think folks like seeing us out there. I think they like knowing that we're out there. Not everybody's going to be happy with people that have to write tickets sometimes. But overall, I think they like knowing that we're out there to help keep stuff at least sort of organized you know i only wish the public knew how many verbal warnings and how many 
how many people we talk to and don't issue citations, if they actually got to see that part of it, I think that they would applaud the citations right. that we actually do write sometimes. I, I agree with that. They, they don't have a clue on some of that kind of stuff. But every now and then, things are so bad, you have to write those tickets uh, to make folks comply. Yeah, you know, there's some things that we're required to write citations for, but for the most part, it's officer discretion. So right. they have the ability to write citations or... Uh, you know, they can give verbal warnings. It's just going to depend on the severity and whether or not the officer thinks that offense is going to continue. Yeah, and the, we want to keep them away from it. You having to go out as an, an accident investigator and find out what's going on. I guess alcohol is one thing that they – not much leeway, leeway there for the alcohol. And then the, the one that I think – I hope more people are learning about, and maybe you can tell us, is life jackets mandatory on someone under 13? Yes, 12 and under must wear a life jacket anytime they're on the open deck or open compartment of a boat. If they were on the inside of a cabin motorboat, that would be okay. We understand kids get hot and they get uncomfortable, but it's for their safety. We never know when that one time is that that boat may sink or somebody else may collide with that boat, causing people to be ejected. So we want those 12 and under kids, we want them safe because... That's the only thing that may keep them afloat. What does it mean? If they're tied out in the, on, on, in the middle of the lake, tied to something that might be in the middle of the lake, is that legal for a child to have that jacket on or off? Anytime the boat is anchored, moored, or aground, they can remove that PFD. Just keep in mind your surroundings. If you're in a really congested area, still may be a good idea to go ahead yeah, and keep that common on. Common sense. Mm -hmm. Use good common sense. Yeah. All right, Matt. As an accident investigator, what does that mean? It, it sounds like we would understand right off it means you go do accidents, but I bet it's got a lot more than, than that to it. It does. You know, we have uh, myself and two other investigators across the state, and our primary job is to assist the local wildlife officers when they have serious injury or fatality boat accidents or something that's high profile, something they may need a little help with. Now, keep in mind, our officers in the field are trained to our standards, so they can do it without us. We're just an extra hand to come in there because they have many other duties besides just boating enforcement that they can't just drop at any time so we'll try to pitch in and help sometimes it's really uh, small stuff sometimes we do a little bit more with the incident to assist those officers but that's our primary job is to fill in where necessary we travel all over the state we're on an on-call basis so as the officers need us they give us a call do you um do you go to school for accident though to do your investigations is that a part of training that's different than our wildlife officers who, go, who train to keep their enforcement you know we give all our wildlife officers some initial boating accident training and then they have the ability if they want to to go to additional uh, training classes on these investigations but we have sprinkled out across the state probably 15 or 20 guys who've been through some advanced reconstruction uh, type school so it's not just myself and our two other investigators we've got able hands sprinkled all over the state so our hope is is within an hour or two of any incident occurring we can have one of those guys or girls on the scene and they can make good direction to keep that investigation going the right way do you only when you say accident do you only do mishaps where somebody maybe has drowned or passed away or does it involve property damage too we do property damage incidents uh coast guard requires us to report anything over two thousand dollars property damage but that doesn't preclude us from investigating any incident that occurs on the waterway so our guys are called to a lot of different things and sometimes those incidents they're called to 
they determine that they're actually non-actually boating accidents. So we have to, as we say, investigate to know if we need to investigate. Something. You know, a question that, that to me, I get a lot of press calls from sometimes it's where people have just jumped off a cliff, hit their head, drowned, whatever. They And they, sometimes they don't understand the difference when we come in action. We have to, it's a boat. We'll help folks in incidents like that. We always do. You have many times with what we'll show them in a few minutes, the technology. But when when you say a boat accident, that's when TRA comes into play. But that boat accident can be what to what? Can it just be somebody holding onto a boat and letting go? Yeah, it can be. It can people be a person who de- departed a vessel voluntarily. It can additionally be people that fall inside a boat, be ejected out of a boat, or a boat capsize, or all the way up to two vessel so collisions. It's, it's not always yeah. It's not always though what you're thinking. The two vessel collisions. I know we had a, a terrible one on Percy Priest at night a few years ago. And that's what I think a lot of people would consider. But we also had a, a, a relatively young guy drown the other day on one of our Middle Tennessee lakes. He was swimming, jumped up on the boat and let go of the boat and fell in. Boating accident. Certainly is. And, you know, it's yeah. just going to depend on the facts of the case. We depend on our officers to get there, interview people, and try to determine if it is going to be a recreational boating accident or if it's just going to be a swimming incident. Irregardless, we're going to be there to assist, um, but we don't have to report certain things that are out there. Just swimming incidents, our officers are generally going to turn those over to the police or sheriff's departments. Okay, you get tremendous help from the local, the county rescue department squads, the various names they have across the state. Absolutely. You know, they, they pitch in there and help. Uh, same way with us, we pitch in there and help when when we're working together at these scenes. It's really a group effort, and we couldn't do it without them. Now, the technology is great, uh, and you know we got some video that we can show. Mm-hmm. You may be showing it now behind me. Yeah. I don't know, but it goes anywhere from this cool technology this that Matt's going to explain here in a minute to two or three dogs that sniff the water. What's that all about? Sure. You know, we we start out when we're missing evidence, and whether that's people or whether that's boats or other associated equipment, we want to find that and recover it just like you would any crime scene. But the challenges with our scenes are is they're liquid and things sink and float away, so we need to find that. We do that through a number of different ways. Um, We do it with sonar on our boats. Um, Some of the rescue departments have those as well that they assist us with, but additionally we have an underwater uh, remote operated vehicle we're letting some of that run behind us now. yes yep. and that is a useful tool for us because it utilizes military grade sonar and we're able to cover a lot of ground really quickly and the way i explain it, it's the equivalent of shining a flashlight in a dark room you you can see everything that's on the lake bottom and it's helped us many times recover people quicker recover evidence such as boats or other associated equipment a lot quicker than we would have been doing it in the old traditional methods with divers or drag hooks and things like that okay and cadaver dogs just mention them briefly there there's they come out and help and have helped they have yes some of the rescue squads will bring those out and and what they do they're trained to to smell for those humans that are there so sometimes they will make positive hits and give us a good location of where to concentrate our search efforts with this other technology okay and the technology can bring in and bring it on i want you to go ahead while jason's running this stuff and explain what this rove is what does that mean well it's like I said, it's a remote-operated uh, vehicle. We right. operate it from the surface through a uh, computer, 
And the neat thing is, is it's tethered to the boat. Um, not only will we utilize the sonar, and that's usually what we do, uh, but it has a camera on board. So once we locate what we're looking for, we can actually take pictures, take video all the way around it. Um, it's even got a manipulator arm on it so we can pick things up if we need to yeah. and recover evidence down there. But we use this in pair with not only our law enforcement dive team, uh, but other dive teams as well whether they it's the rescue squad or whatever agency that may request this piece of equipment we'll try to help them with whatever need they have underwater okay how tennessee have one of them across the state or do we have twra we received this one on a port security grant and we've used it for quite a few port security call outs but mm -hmm. it's been worth its weight and gold oh, absolutely. really um, for just reaching out between other departments that needed to look for underwater evidence but also to reduce our own scene time for our guys we can find and recover evidence that a lot sure quicker. helps the family stand on the banks i've seen you do that several times now and bring some quicker relief to them is there a time of year matt more accidents occur than other the natural thought's going to be summertime but is is that true you know, it is. We see an increase in recreational boating accidents in the summer, but I can't always predict the times that it's going to happen. Sometimes we will have a rainy Tuesday where we will have two in different places across the state. You know, I can't explain it, but I can generally tell you, looking at all these accident reports, they can be tracked back to operator error for whatever that right. is and most of it we totally understand is unintentional people go to the lake and never think anything's going to happen so they kind of let their guard down and occasionally they will forget a few of those common principles of boating safety and, and sometimes those will get them hurt yeah and gosh just just for a few bucks to wear that life jacket and get used to wearing that life jacket all the time it'd be like putting that seat belt on if you're a constant seat belt you just you won't feel comfortable without it and it's a message that we've been talking about for years and it's one where you know people roll their eyes sometimes but i'm telling you i'm here to tell you watching matt and other officers through all these years if you wear that jacket your chance of coming home is just many times greater than without wearing that thing yeah you know most of these people would be relatively minorly injured right um small injuries but they succumb to those injuries because they're thrown into the water they're not prepared to swim do you feel like do you feel like you're seeing more people wearing jackets i, I know that's not an empirical we don't want we're not studying it with surveys i don't guess you know there, there's some work in that department through our education department but i think people are and the reason they are is life jackets are smaller they're more comfortable nowadays and they're a lot more readily available and whether or not kids think it or not it's actually pretty cool to wear one because you know you're coming home at the end of the yeah, day yeah oh yeah and make them and make you feel better and i know jason you've already got tucker what four years old three years yeah, old four years old he's got one and he's what did you tell me the other day that He's going to wear it whether he wants to or not. <laughs> I'm going to have it on him yeah. you know, every time Just we're out there. Just get them used to it when, when they start from the beginning. And uh, The main thing on a, on a life jacket for you to look for, you want to, we want to make them fit. But the Coast Guard authorization on the back of them, is that where you know you're in good shape if you have one of those? Yeah, you know, it wants to, just like you said, it needs to fit its intended wear because mm -hmm. some small kids could slide out of That's an adult absolutely. life jacket. So make sure it's in good working condition if it's an inflatable check to make sure that it's uh that that all of the mechanisms are going to be working properly they usually have a green indicator on them or a red if it's not ready check all that out and be familiar with the operation before you ever go to the lake or do you think more people are wearing the inflatables now it's what we wear all the time but mm -hmm. are other folks doing it 
I, I don't see it so much in the recreational hottest summertime boating, but in the spring and in, in fall and winter, I definitely see way more of our fishermen wearing those. Okay, that's a good sign. I know the agency worked for a few years. They tried to target everybody, but there was a for the wear it campaign for a year or so really wanted to go after the fishermen because the numbers were telling them they needed to wear more and i think there's been some turnaround in that a little bit i hope so you know and i hope it's just peer pressure you know yes, the, sir. the other guys say hey and it doesn't take anything to wear that life jacket throw it on i want to keep fishing with you we have a video out there that jason i've talked about a time or two that jason shot of our of a couple of our guys the boat turned over on them and you can go watch it still out on our matt side. started in that one too uh, matt was in that one <laughs> That's right. Sorry, Matt. You were in there. But it just shows that it can happen to anybody. If two guys that do it every day, all the time, can go in the water, it can happen to anybody. You know, I was so proud of those guys for telling that story. And, and I think Jason will echo this. It was tremendously challenging for them to tell that story because I didn't know they hadn't told that before they actually were filmed telling it. And it was really tough on them because I think they realized it. Even that day, they realized it. But when they were filming that segment, they realized that they could have been a statistic. So mm-hmm. there's nothing more telling that when one of the own people that enforce those laws says, hey, I don't just enforce the law. I actually wear one because I know it will save your yeah, life, and that's a, very important. Hit a log. If you haven't seen the video, I urge you mm-hmm. go get it. They hit a log, propeller log, flipped them over, had kill switch on, had jackets on, boat didn't run around in circles, and, and they were okay. They were uh, they were lucky gentlemen, and I was I was glad to see. But they used that safety, so they did everything right. All right, let's talk a little bit. Unless you want to add some more on the safety stuff, I want to talk can a we, little bit. Can we hit on life jackets one more time? Just kind of yeah. overview of what the ja- each jacket or you know kids under a certain age can't wear the inflatables. Sure. Yeah, you know what, what you want to look at. Look at the life jacket that you buy, and it's going to tell you what it's designed for. Okay, there are different classes of life jackets. Some of them are new, some of them are old. But make sure that it fits you. Put it on. Make sure it's what it's supposed to be. There are all kind of neat children's life jackets. I've got three daughters, and they're just like your uh, Tucker. They know mm-hmm. if they're even near the boat, they're getting in a life jacket, and they don't question me anymore, and that, because they understand why. But make sure that is the right type of life jacket. There are many types that uh, of preservers that are not life jackets, such as throwable devices and things right. like that. Make sure that you – a lot of people will present to our officers this. Oh, yeah, we've got a few throw cushions on here. We're good. Well, do you have any wearable life jackets? Oh, well, I thought these were okay. You must wear have a wearable life jacket for every person on board. And that's even true for canoes and kayaks as well as our paddle boards too. All right, I was going there. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah. Good. More? And have that throwable. That is required, at least one. Right? Yeah, six, boats 16 foot and over are required to have that, but it's a great idea for any size Anybody. boat. I think the smaller boats are maybe more susceptible in certain kind of weather or wake to turn over, so I think it's a great idea to have it. That had to be boats. written down. You can use your common sense, right? And, and, so, and you don't, you know, if you're in a state where you're not required to wear helmets on your head to drive a, a, a motorcycle, you ought to anyway. Sure. And, and that's just being safe here on our water, too, Matt, because I know what you guys say. And, and how many people will come home safe and that's the important thing because mm-hmm. being on the water is cool it's uh, all kinds of different waters are you seeing any increase in that by the way with all this boom and these paddle sports canoes and kayaks and are we are more people doing white water stuff or semi white water they are you know people are finding new ways to get out to lake you know a lot of people don't like the crowded right. scene that our recreational reservoirs have and some people seek that out but a lot of people like a quieter uh, 
more introduction to boating and they do that through canoes and kayaks even paddle boards in quiet locations but we are seeing a tremendous increase they're a lot more available um they're they're easier to get they're they're fun for a lot of people a lot of people don't want to make a big boat payment every month for the next 200 months they want to buy a boat and go out and enjoy it and that's what they do in some of these canoes and kayaks and you can catch just as many fish in that little boat as you can in big boats it drives the it drives the bass (laughs) fishermen crazy in those hundred thousand dollar boats well wait i caught more fish in a kayak than you did the other day right Oh, wait, maybe maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, I thought we already had that discussion, okay, too. All right. Okay. All, right. Um, all right, Matt. Let's talk a little bit more on just the rules and regs, these small boats versus these big boats. Tell us about those paddle boards that people stand on. Can you, mm-hmm. can you go out there without life jackets? Well, <clears throat> if you're right next to the shore in a swimming area they may be considered a water toy but what we're looking at if you're going from point a to point b if you're out in the navigational traffic or if you're using that to go from point a to point b you're going to need to have a life jacket on it would be considered a vessel you don't have to have it on but you do have to have it on board that and so we see a lot of people with them strapped down to the front of those paddle boards they don't get in your way but they are awfully handy if you were to need one them and kayaks kayaks same way right you gotta all right what about lights i think that's confusing to a lot of folks you can go out there play with these things and go across big old lake and don't worry about the lights sure yeah you know those are the lighting requirements are a little different for recreational boats than they are for those you're required to have a light and be able to display that on some of these smaller boats so a lot of people we're seeing those out there at night especially around some of these bigger river festivals they're paddling around and they do need a light and it needs to be able to be readily displayed to prevent a collision so a lot of people don't even know that you're supposed to have one and they do have they may or may not have one so we're doing a lot of education right now i hope it's not putting you on the spot but can you actually can you wear a headset and have a light up front do you have to have we have seen that we really have um but we've also seen people try to put lights on pwcs which Mm -hmm. they're statutorily prohibited from being operated from sunset to sunrise okay so just because you can tape lights on it doesn't mean it's going to be legal so please check those regulations find those regulations Plenty of them on our website, if not all of them. There's a Reader's Digest version there. You can call our Boating and Law Enforcement Division. They'll mail you out a, a boating guide that gives you all of our regulations in there. So it's it's free for the taking. We just want people to get it. All right, Mr. Pro Angler, where, what website is he talking about? That's tnwildlife.org. <laughs> and by the way, there's been a lot of... Uh, good video in here and and i find myself sometimes forgetting that we're doing video and audio and if you want to see some of the the, some of the uh, video that you haven't seen yet Mm -hmm. uh, if you're listening to us on tennessee wildcast tm wildcast go to um, you can go to our youtube channel or you can go to twra.tv and see a lot of this okay yeah Uh, a lot of the videos and and um yeah i was going to mention something else i forgot what it was that's okay it's all right (laughs) all right all right what about uh what about canoes and kayaks any other differences them any any stipulations you have to have that you don't have to have on the motor boats the bigger boats no you know you are required to have that wearable life jacket um children 12 and under would still be required to wear those on board there um that's really all you need on those if they have some type of mechanical power either sail or electric or gas or diesel or whatever it is even if it's a small boat even a small kayak with a small motor they would be required to be registered all right. Do you see much traffic at night, Matt, when you're out there? Do I know the majority is daytime, but is there still a lot of night traffic? With July 4th bearing down on us, 
and a bunch of events scheduled for nighttime. Is it common, though, to see boats running the rivers or the lakes? It is, especially around your metropolitan areas. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of ambient lighting, and, and there's a lot more boats and a lot more call for for people that just want to get out when it's a little more cool a little more comfortable and they will get out on the lake just enjoy the evening they don't do as much running at night but they there's plenty of boats out there when you work it okay in tennessee what about three hundred thousand registered boats give or take yes and that doesn't count canoes and kayaks does it it doesn't you know we're not registering those so we don't really know how many are out there but i can tell you from the enforcement side they are a very common side so you could probably take that two or three hundred thousand number and, and increase it by another well a lot hard to guess but it's it, certainly somebody that we're going to cater our education our enforcement needs to okay and one one thing that gets a lot of canoers out there they, they don't they don't understand it although it's been around as long as i can remember being at the agency that if they do put a trolling motor on any of those things then it does become considered a bigger boat it, yeah it, it's required to be registered, registered then right. at that point so you know that's just something to think about it's it's a small thing but it would be something that we would approach them a lot of times people are unaware so we can do some educative enforcement there and say hey, get this fixed before you come back out it'll just depend on the situation and we want to remind everyone if you're born after january after january 1st 1989 Yes, sir. You have to take a test. you got to get your children in there, take it with them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to a course, but there's plenty of good ones to take. Again, I, I would advise you go find somebody like a Matt and take an actual course, and those can be found on our website. Or you can just go take the test, but uh, but go take a course. It's interesting. Uh, some of the parents that set in through with the children, they, they leave out of there. Some of them don't say anything, but a lot of them say, wow, I really learned a lot. I didn't know about a lot of those things and some of them will say i didn't know what those red and green markers were out there i just stayed real close to them but now i know i had no idea so i'm like you i would encourage them to fall in there with their kids and take that course they're going to pick up something all right you don't see this summer as being out of the ordinary accident wise though so far not so far keep keeping our fingers crossed we want it to be good we want everybody to be safe and want everybody to have a great fourth of july and come home safely what else uh, you know, you can uh, check this show out at tmwildlife.org and uh, see all the past shows and, and uh, future shows right there. And thanks, Matt, for being with us today. This is a good message that everybody needs to learn. Thanks for having me. I'm going to put on my jackets and go school this man on how to trophy. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Wear my jacket while I do it. Betsy uh, Woods, I know Betsy wants us to wear no jackets. She does education. Matt, thanks for your time. Thank you, Brett. And everything you do, you've brought a lot of technology and smarts and hard work. And this is a former... Uh, Southeastern Officer of the Year right here. And there's reason for that. We'll be back next week. All right? Thank you all.